Hi, I'm Bree, one of the co-founders of Frank Body. Hi, I'm Jess, one of the co-founders of Frank Body. Welcome to Selfish, a podcast that is all about putting yourself first and redefining the word selfish. Over this content series, we're exploring a variety of topics with some amazing faces that you'll know, from self-awareness with Brooke Lurton to self-discovery with Jackie Gillies. We're also talking about self-pleasure with Chantelle Otten and self-wealth with the incredible Victoria Devine. Podcast episodes for Selfish drop weekly on Tuesdays alongside a whole bunch of amazing tools, tips and tricks from our team that you can find across the Frank Body social channels. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and let's get selfish together. Hi Jess, we just had a crazy talk with Jackie Gillies. I've got tingles. Like that was an hour and what, hour and a half? Yep. I think and we had to cut it short because we could have kept chatting for a really, really long time. Um, for those of you that don't know, Jackie is a lovely friend of ours, but also a very gifted psychic medium. Many of you know her from the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Uh, and she is also a mindset coach, mentor, and motivational speaker with a new course called Transform You. Our topic for the session was self-discovery and sort of how that plays into the whole manifestation and visualization space. And oh my God, she's the queen of manifestation. Yeah, I haven't, you obviously know Jackie really well. I haven't had that much experience with her in real life. And can I just say, she is the real deal. The things she was saying, the energy she was picking up on. Honestly, so many times I have goosebumps listening to her. I could listen to her talk for hours. I think what I loved most about the conversation was how she talked about taking manifestation from just visualizing and then into action, which I think is that key part that we miss. And sometimes people think of manifesting as this woo-woo, I'm manifesting a car park, I'm manifesting a big party in a house, but like actually taking those steps. I think the way she kind of talked about it so passionately and authentically really resonated with me. I think this is a really amazing episode, whether you're a seasoned manifester or someone who's just starting on their journey of trying to work out what manifestation even is. Um, It was a really honest and authentic conversation about how to build your best life, not just about material crap, even though material things can be part of our best lives if we want them to be. Uh, So I would make sure you've got a nice hour at least to spare and get stuck into this conversation. But here we go with Jackie Gillies. Enjoy. Okay, ladies, hello. Hi, Brie. We have our beautiful friend Jackie Gillies here with us today. Hi. Hello, ladies. Welcome to Selfish by Frank Body. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I feel really excited by this. Yeah, yeah we are too. We were saying today our, our vibes are a bit low. Then as soon as you came in the room, I feel like everything just lifted. Oh, that's <laughs> so nice. I, I'm a big believer that um, energy attracts energy. Mm. And when you're... Um, operating from or feeling a certain way when somebody walks in with a new energy it's kind of like it's infectious it's Mm. like you can feel it and you kind of lift up so that's a really lovely thing to hear thank you i knew it would happen that way too i woke up we had a really big week or big month big year i'm (laughs) not sure big everything and i felt very tired and just a bit meh and i knew i'm like oh two hours seeing these people they're just gonna not that that should be your responsibility but I knew you would lift me up make me feel a bit better and I already feel good the cookie helped too (laughs) sugar so I never like to assume that anyone knows anything about anyone so for those of you who are listening and don't know a lot about Jackie I thought it could be a really nice place to start for you to just give the 
Twitter intro version of yourself and maybe a little bit about your journey of self-discovery because I think it's one of the most fascinating stories I've heard. Oh, thank you. Um, so essentially I am a psychic medium. I am a believer that your thoughts create your experiences. Um, I am very spiritual and I have been for many, many years. Um, even from a young girl, I used to see spirit. And I think um, when you're young, I think every human being, this is my belief, has a knowing of what they want out of life, where they see themselves. They have a dream. It's like you have this dream and you have this unjudgmental dream within yourself of what it is you want as you get older, right? And um, and I was the same and still am the same. And I always knew there was something more I needed to do in this world, but I just didn't know what that was really. But I knew it, was, it had to be something big. And even when I was younger, when I used to see spirits, so yes, I see spirit people. I hear the other side. I feel the other side. I talk to the other side. I feel people's energies. And um, for many years, I didn't actually acknowledge it. I thought it was just normal behavior. I thought this is what everybody experiences. This is what everybody feels. And um, and then I kind of remember just losing, um, losing tap of that as I got older via conditioning of everyday society, you know, where we all are expected to be a certain way within schooling, you know, this is what you've got to learn, this is what you must do, this is what you must um, listen to, you know, and even with your parents, where um, it was always, then it kind of went down a trajectory where I think I stopped listening to myself. And it wasn't until um, probably I hit my maybe age 24 that I really leaned back into that, um, into my spirituality. I don't know, yeah, about 24. But in saying that, um, I've always been a manifester. Mm -hmm. I've always been a believer of um, you can have anything in life. And people used to call me a dreamer, including my mother. I've been doing vision boards from the age of 17. And um, I now when I look back on my life, I'm – I can truly now say that I spoke a lot of things into action without even realising it. I remember um, it was our U12 formal and there was this award that came out and it said, the When Will I Be Famous Award goes to Jackie Ivancevic. <laughs> <laughs> so and I good. won this award, right? But um, what's really interesting is that as a young person, I used to sign off all my birthday cards and mum has them from the age of... Um, probably from the age of four or five. I used to sign off, at, yeah, about four and a half, five. Love Famous Jackie. Amazing. Every year, every year. That's every Christmas so card, every birthday <laughs> card. But now when I look back at, at it, Famous for me wasn't, oh, my God, look at me, I'm famous. It wasn't until I remember I was about 15 and, God, we've got to cut your energy. I can feel your anxiety. We've got to... <laughs> It's Sorry. Like, that's all right. That's all right. We can cut that out if you want, but it's really there. We've got to, we've got to clear Aww. that out, girl. You need to clear that out. <laughs> Sorry, because when I walk into a room, I, I'm really absorbing it. Of so. course. But it's not, it's, not, it's not a negative. I just feel like I, no, you no. just need to um, step will, more I into will. your meditation. I will, darling. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, did you give her the heads up that sometimes when I get vibes, I can't? No, yes, I thought that because, this morning. I was like, Ooh, I yeah, don't want to. I, like, I can feel yeah. that right in there, girl. She knows how I get random texts from you just yeah. like telling me, Aww. unclench your jaw. I'll be sitting there, I'm like, <laughs> oh. 
Oh, <laughs> fuck, that's strange. How are you doing that from three states away? <laughs> you just get these vibes and I'm picking that up. Anyway, angels protect me here. We're under divine protection. We, I need to get into this story. So I remember I was 15 years of age and I looked. It's okay. Don't cry, girl. Everything's fine. I remember I was watching a music clip. And the uh, song was with CC Wine and Whitney Houston, and I'm not going to cry because I can really feel the energy. I remember feeling the power and the energy of the song, and it was a song that said "Lean on Me" or "Count on Me," rather. And it was a song that said, um, "You'll have to Google it," where it's like, na, 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 da, 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 a fear, like it's a friendship that will never end, but where you can rely on someone unconditionally. Mm. And I remember, and I was crying, and it was at the Grammy Awards, and I said to mum. And I'm going to cry because I said to my mum, that's why I want to be famous, to mm. be able to give people what that person did for me. It made me feel something inside of me mm. energetically that just empowered me through the words, mm. the lyrics and the music. And it and it was that was the reason I believe I've always said that I wanted to be known so whatever it is I'm doing, it can make an impact in people's lives. Yep. That's yep. really what... I believe now I was trying to articulate, but I didn't quite understand why I was feeling like that. And then as time went on, you know, you kind of, you get to 18, 19, you become an adult, you stop listening to your intuition, which I did. I stopped like seeing spirit. And it wasn't until I delved, and I was still doing vision boards. Mm -hmm. And I remember I showed my mum my first vision board at 17. And my mother said to me, Get your head out of the clouds. How do you think you're going to have that? But not in a negative way now, I realise it, because mm. my mum is the most beautiful person. Mm-hmm. I believe it came from her standpoint of her conditioning and the way she was raised and the conditioning that was coming from her parents and her self-beliefs of what she thought was possible mm. in life. So on this vision board, I had all these things that I wanted. Um and the reason I had these things on my vision board was because I wanted to be able to help others with any type of abundance that I would receive. I had houses, a relationship, a debt-free life, um, making an impact. I remember putting my um, my head on an Oprah, under an Oprah quote, um, listening to uh, Louise Hay even at 17. So it was all these things in the vision board, including a particular diamond what I wanted, I remember seeing um, J-Lo with this particular rare diamond and I, I said, shooting, I'm gonna, shooting low. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't shooting low, girl. I was 17. <laughs> I knew what I wanted. But I remember seeing this diamond and I thought, I want this diamond. I didn't know what the cost yeah, was. Yeah. All I knew was it radiated love. Yeah. And I put this diamond on the vision board and I remember my mum's looked at this vision board and she's like, oh, yeah. La, 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 la. Anyway, fast forward to, to this to today. I have everything on that vision board that I asked for, wow. every single thing. So... What had happened was I lost my myself when it came to just coming into adulthood, figuring out my stuff, what is it I want from life, and I entered into a toxic relationship. So for me, I was in this relationship where I completely, it was my first relationship, being Croatian-born, he was European, and he uh, basically... As when I entered into this relationship, I was so in love. It was my first love. I thought this was everything. This is amazing. This is the man I'm going to marry. But then after six months of being into this relationship, it started becoming very isolating, very controlling. And I had completely and utterly within three years of this relationship, completely lost myself. So I went from being this very, I was always very strong-willed and loud and passionate and out there. And um, and I think I really think my my father's very much like that, where my mum's the real calming 
you know, mm-hmm. nurturing um, uh, side of the family. And and I remember um, thinking throughout this relationship, this doesn't feel right, but he's the guy that I'm going to marry. He's the guy. He's the mm-hmm. first love. And, and I feel like a lot of people have experienced that where they think – or stay in situations longer than they should out of guilt, and that usually represents from our conditioning. So I had to really take a look at why I stayed in that relationship for so long. So entering into the relationship, all these things are happening. It was becoming quite abusive, but abusive in a controlling emotional way, mm-hmm. right? And that's just as bad as being Coercive physi- control, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had completely and utterly lost myself. And I remember I was crying in the bed one day, and I swore at God because I was – you know, Croatian Catholic, but I didn't go to church much. Mm. Okay, it's it's. I probably went to church on a um, Easter Sunday, but my parents didn't go to church. But I believe God is universal, but very much about. And they're not very religious. It's mm. just that within our culture, that's what it is. And so I just remember sitting on my bed crying, and I said to God, "Why is this happening to me? I've done everything the right way. I've listened to my very strict Croatian father growing up. I've listened to." everything done everything the right way why is it that i'm in this relationship and i reckon that was the lowest point of my life mm. like really yeah i don't even know why i'm crying oh, I'm yeah, you got it you got me good girls you got me good and i remember going why and it was in Do you want tissues no <laughs> <laughs> it was in that moment i kid you not i saw a vision i was looking at my wall of every single moment that man ever cheated on me Aww. every single moment the goosebumps you just got in your legs, you just felt the energy. Yeah. And what had happened, the next day I went to him mm. and I said to him, I know every single girl you ever slept with, including my best friend I saw oh in that gosh. vision. My eyes weren't closed. It was like that. Mm. It was like a movie theatre. And he says to me, what friend of mine, because the culture was very close to their mates, yeah. what friend of mine told you? I said, nobody told me, God did. He looked at me like I was a bloody crazy cat. Like, there's something wrong with you. Maybe you need to go to a mental institution. Mm. I said, oh, that's that old chestnut. <laughs> when you get caught out, you're crazy. And I remember even then, even though I saw all of that, I was very much about the position that I still wanted to be with him because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was still wishing this relationship to be back. How mm. Like, it was just like a, a merry-go-round. And then I had to delve deep into why I was thinking like this. Why is it, and I was at my lowest point, I reckon I was probably in bed for a good six months. And what I mean by that is I still go to work, but I wasn't me. I was very flat. People even said to me, are you on drugs? Because I lost so much weight. I wasn't talking. I was very withdrawn. That was depression. And I've never had depression, never had suffered with mental health um, situations. or. But that something in that situation triggered me. And I now believe that that I stay in that relationship because my parents love each other so much, but my dad's so loyal. And when you're my mate, I'm the most loyalist person. If you're my mate, I am there for you for anything. You need something, I'm there for you. You're like, that's just who I am. So I believe I stayed in this relationship because loyalty was such a big thing for me. I was like, well, I'm just being loyal to this mm-hmm. man. But I stopped thinking about me. And so fast forward, went through this whole spiritual journey. Um, of, Sorry, so just in that time, yeah. were you still talking to angels and talking to your family and your friends or were you very isolated? Isolated, mm. but I was reading. Mm. So I started getting guide. I started being guided to books and a lot of books. Um, and 
every day. I probably would read three books in one week. I would just read, 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 and be like, what am I doing? Like, and I really went into this whole delving of self development. And, but I was still, my mindset was still, I wanted to be in this relationship. And then, so with the reading of the books, things like I'm talking about like um, Abraham Hicks, um, How to um, Activate Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy, Alan Watts, Philosophy, um, uh, Differentiating True Guidance to False Guidance by Doreen Virtue, Louise Hay. I was delving into every single energy of why our mind does what it does Mm. and why is it that we do the things to ourselves and self-sabotage ourselves and why we don't take accountability and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then it just, everything started to make sense for me. And then I remember I I was working in retail banking and I asked for a sign. So remember I saw the vision of everything that was happening in that relationship. And then I'm still working in the bank, getting up, making an effort to go to work. And I used to be the chick at the bank. I was like, can I help you? Shine, shine, shine. I was always like that. And people would be like, that's Jax, come over. What, like, yeah. let me serve you. And I remember this one day because I asked God, the universe, for a sign. And I was serving this man. He comes over and I didn't look up straight away. And he had a um, deposit book with an agent number and no name. Bop, 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 get the money. So, Stamper, this is what we have, this is what's going on. And this guy says to me, and I hadn't looked up because it kind of was even like, can I help you, you know, just mm. down and out. And he says to me, what is it you want to do with your life? Oof, i got goosebumps. <laughs> He's here, Archangel Michael's here. I look up and this man, oh, I can feel them, is standing in front of me with the blondest hair you've ever seen. This is my sign. It's It brings so much joy to my heart. And he had like this black vest that almost looked like a cross. And it was like this, but he had the bluest piercing mm. eyes I had ever seen. And out of my mouth, I would never think like this, I say, I want to work with God. And I thought, what the fuck? <laughs> God, I'm not religious. Like God, I believe, is omnipresent. It is we're connected to everything. Put my head back down. The guy obviously walks up, but it's Friday afternoon. It's so packed. I look back up. That man wasn't there anymore. I looked again. There was no name on this deposit book. And I thought, what the... F-? Like, was I'm he tra- an angel? Well, let me get to the <gasps> end of it. <laughs> like, so what is then it I'm like, what, 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 what? <gasps> then fry, wrap up, go home. Something tells me to go to the news agents and buy a birthday card for a friend, and I do. And I'm guided, something in me says, walk down to the end of the um, the aisle of where this, of this news agency. And there in front of me is three sets of cards. One's a tarot card thing, and I'm not into tarot cards, and the others were angels. I opened the deck, and on the top of it was Archangel Michael on the Oracle of Doreen Virgin. That was the man that I saw. I kid you not. I oh, have never heard this bit of a story. Yes, it's true. Wow. And... Three days later, I'm guided down to a shop called Angels in the Lake at Warner's Bay. And I started buying more books to read more. I was like excited. I'm like, oh my God, I saw I catch up. This is, you know, I'm reading, I'm reading books before. I'm getting excited. I can feel the joy starting to come back into my heart and my life. And I go down to this place, Angels in the Lake, where it just, it's all about self-development. There's angel cards everywhere. There's angels everywhere. And this woman comes um, over and she goes, can I help you? I said, yeah, in a minute. 
And I went to get a book, but a book fell out in front of me like somebody had pushed it out. Mm-hmm. And it was a book by Healing with the Angels by Doreen Virtue. Wow. And when I opened up the page, the actual page said how to um, realize your potential through true guidance and false guidance, right? The woman comes over and she goes, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm just reading. And then out of nowhere, I start giving this woman psychic vibes. Never done this before. Start giving her psychic vibes. I start naming her father that passed away. I start naming her brother that passed away. I start naming how they passed away. And I'm sitting here going, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I could hear the voice in my yeah. head, but it's my voice. And I'm like spinning myself out going, how do I know these things? She looks at me and goes, would you be a psychic in this shop? I said, no. She said, no, 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 no. I, I'm like, no, I work in a bank. No, I'm like, no. <laughs> so go back home, get the book, start reading, start reading, start reading. Then the next day, go back down to the shop and um, again, I buy some more books and one of her friends is there. Friends comes over and she goes, can you give us some vibes? I said, yeah, I will. So I give her some vibes and again, she goes, will you be a psychic in this shop? I said, no, it's not happening. No, no, no. Two weeks later, I go back to the shop and I start buying journals to start journaling my dreams, to start really listening to my intuition because I'm taking direction from the books that I'm reading. And it's and it was very easy for me. It was like all of a sudden I was tapping back into what I knew when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Then the woman says to me, and I kept asking the universe, I want change. I need to be doing something more. I do not want to be in the bank anymore. Being a psychic wasn't one of them. Mm. The lady comes back over again and she goes, would you be a psychic in this shop? Something out of my mouth, like when I saw Archangel Michael, blurted out, yes. The next day, wow. I didn't have to work on it because I was a casual in the bank. I sat in her back cupboard, cupboard, did my first two readings, and I was booked out for a month, then six months, then one year, then two years, then three years, all word of mouth. So what then ha- started happening is when I um, started delving in and doing my psychic medium readings, I realized that I was living in purpose, but I hid it from my parents for one year because mm. I thought, oh my God, how am I going to tell people I'm a psychic medium? People are going to think I'm fucking weird, bro. <laughs> like, no, seriously. The, uh, like, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. I had this real thing that people aren't going to understand mm. it because there was so much judgment mm-hmm. around psychic mediums. Mm. There still is, but it's getting better. It's getting so much better because society now is really delving into intuition, delving into knowing that manifestation is absolutely real and energy. And so, I remember I told my mum for the first time and she looked at me like I may need to go and see a doctor. And I said, no. I said, to God, I said no, mum. I said, I'm going to give you a sign that what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is real. So I went back into my room. I said a prayer and I said to God, you want me to do this work? You want me to be a psychic? I said, you have to protect me. You have to put me under divine protection. You have guided me to this. You want me to help people on a greater scale? I said, you need to show my mum the truth because if she knows that what I'm doing is truthful, then I can do anything. Mm. I needed only my mother mother to believe me. So unbeknown to me how synchronized events started working, I go to another store and I give this woman a reading and her husband comes out that is a well-known Sydney property developer, like well-known, like Mm. you'd know his name. Anyway, he comes out, I didn't know who he was, start giving him vibes, start telling him about situations of people that have passed over. And then they were like, you are incredible. How do you know these things? I go, I don't know. I'm a psychic, apparently. <laughs> like this, I just didn't know. It just flowed to me easily. I went and told my mum about these people and where this store was because it was um, the guy that was a property developer. He did all these properties in um, Sydney, but they lived in Newcastle. So my mum goes in the shop and didn't tell me. 
She goes in and said, did you see a young girl? She was in. So the woman comes out and her husband happened to be there when my mum walked in and said, is that your daughter? She told me things that nobody could know. I was not a believer of this stuff. I am a businessman. This is not something. She knew things that nobody could possibly know. Your daughter has a gift. And that's when my mum started crying and went, it's true. Because my mum dreams and sees things. My dad sees like I do, but they never told anybody. Wow. And so that's how I stepped into my purpose. That is amazing. That story. It's is pretty so intense, excited. isn't it? Wow. Like, I love yeah, it. There's probably more to it, but there's, that will take us another oh my God, five days. <laughs> there's so many things I want to unpack. I think what I, what I find really curious is mm. that, so you, do you think early on you saw these things, you had these visions, and then did you suppress it for most of your teenage and adult life? Yes. Or early adult life? Yes. And is that because you were scared of not being believed? No. I think it's because of my conditioning. What happened mm. was I started doing what we all do. Yeah. We started hanging out with our friends. We started listening more to what teachers would say. You were put in a box. Nobody talked about spirituality. Nobody talked about these things. You do your schoolwork. You study. Mm. You be a good person. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. And I think that's the biggest disservice because the one thing that I am really going to put on with, within my business is it is is so essential. I truly believe that every mother and father needs to teach their child how to listen to their intuition because your intuition and energy never lies and it will serve that child. It will serve your child for when you're not around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying when you pass away. You could be, I don't know, at the shop and all of a sudden if you hone in and teach your child how to listen to their intuition and something doesn't feel right and they listen to that, they're going to serve themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think like we've always said that we've always trusted our gut mm. and I think I've been very lucky that my family have always encouraged that yep. and we've always been like, listen to your heart. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm like zero head, all heart. Yeah. Just go yeah. with that. But I do, I think as a society, we, we disregard that and we teach people to think about their head and to overthink things and yet, as you said, to follow the rules and do things the way other people are doing them. I do think it's changing. It is changing. But what do you think needs to happen to encourage more people to change? We we just got to do it. We got to step into the power. And what I'm what I've actually been seeing in the last, even when I was delving in, so I'll step back from it. Even when I was delving into my own learning of self development, I kept reading and doing, and I meditate every day. So and my meditations don't go for hours and hours on end. It just goes on for a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes in the afternoon, in in the evening, and sometimes if I have to reset myself, then I'll just take a minute. But I started seeing that. They were telling me, as in spirit world, the energy, that the next generation, your children, my children, are going to be like crystal children. They're going to be so intuitive. Mm. They're going to be about peace. They're going to be about harmony. They're not going to be so self-serving because they're we, we are the people that are starting to open up and be receptive about energy. So even if you want to put spirituality aside, right, scientifically, this is a fact we are all energy made up mm. of atoms and energy. How is it that we cannot actually look at ourselves yeah. as energy? So if we're all energy, I'm sorry, you are connected to every single thing mm-hmm. that is energetic. That means everything, the universe, the flowers, the plants, the trees, the animals, the water, you are an, a ball of energy. Mm. And so... I think by being open and receptive, how you change that is talking about it and really leaning in to your inner power. Mm. Love it. Thank you. (laughs) Do you think that you – 
everyone has the abilities or the gifts that you have or is it on a spectrum? Can people, any odd person, do what you do? Yeah, I I truly do believe that. But I believe that why so many people don't is because they have doubt and they have fear and they're riddled by fear-based conditioning and thoughts and mindset of the way they have been raised. Um, Also, and a lot of people don't like to acknowledge that, hence why I started Transform You. I have over 18, and I wrote this to you, I have over 18,000 people on a waiting list getting trying to get in for a reading, right? Mm. And I was like, I've been doing readings, psychic medium readings for 20 years. 20 years I've been doing psychic medium readings. And I said, enough is enough. I said, I'm going to start a program, and this answers your question, where people, I'm going to show people how to listen to their intuition. It's going to be a course-based, and actually I had a vision of this, course-based situation where you are going to lean into your power and I'm going to show you how to listen to your intuition, how to set healthy boundaries, how to retrain your mind, how to um, speak to the other side because, sorry, I'm no better than anybody else. We are all human beings. We all have the same power to be able to tap into that energy but I feel like the reason I'm so clear and so aware is because I don't doubt what I hear and I've said to the universe show me I'm not afraid of it show me what what is it let's go and I also believe that the universe is like we probably need someone like you Jackie that's loud out there that has experienced these things that's connectable with people my dad came to this country with no money okay I've created what I have literally and I'll say out of nothing but through stepping into my power like my parents I didn't grow up with being able to go to a private school my parents couldn't afford that I didn't grow up being associated with people with a lot of money they couldn't afford that but one thing my dad would always say to me is heart and soul that if you're a good person um that can't change but you know if somebody's got money you can always make money right but what I've seen throughout the years and I believe doing banking it's almost like the universe sat these things or guided me or synchronized events to work around people of different social statuses and I hate that word when I was working in corporate banking I'd deal with uh, with billionaires billionaires and I'd see the way they treat people I'd be like dude you can lose that coin in a minute you could lose that coin in a minute, but if you do not change the type of personality or the person you are, I can tell you're going to end up very lonely man and, and calmer and energy will reflect that when you could have a billion dollars sitting in your bank account, but are your children talking to you? Did you live life in the moment? Were you truly happy? So it was almost like I was being set up to be able to kind of connect with all types of personalities. And I really think that... Um, We all have these gifts where we can lean into our intuition, but people are scared to. You touched on then something interesting. We were talking the other day about vision boards. I'm like, Mm. I love this idea of creating a vision board, but I'm like, how do I make a vision board that's not so money focused? You know, I don't really want to have a vision board that has like a nice car and a nice house. And I think what you said before about how you had the ring, but it wasn't the fact that it was a big ring. It was a ring that resonated love. Yeah. How do you suggest people start with vision boarding? Well, you have to be honest and open. So the first thing I'm going to say to you is that if you want to put a car on there, you can because by uh, the reason I say that, when you're manifesting something, right, you're manifesting either from a high frequency or a low frequency. And this is something that I really never discuss. So when I do vision boards, I don't tell anybody what I'm putting on my vision board, nobody. Because my mm. energy and where I'm operating from, every thought and every emotion has a vibe, like it has a, um, has a vibe. How do I word this, angels? has an energy, has a um, a lift. So if you're thinking a certain way, the universe will respond to that because we're all connected to the one conscious. So when you say, I don't really want to put a car there, why not? What mm. you're actually telling yourself is, 
You're, I don't want other people to think that I yes, want the car. Yes, but what yeah. you're doing is, no, 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 no. Without, I'm going to tell you something what you just did, and maybe this might help you moving forward. You just judged yourself out of putting a car there because mm. of something that you have, this is really the truth, something that you have either dealt with in the past, maybe people have been jealous of what you've created, and then you have this fear that if I tell anybody, they're going to think, oh, look at her, she fucking thinks she can have a new car. Well, She's actually, very good. <laughs> no, that's the truth. Though. So for Uh-oh. me, so for me, if I want to you put ten, if I, and I actually me. say, <laughs> she's like, give me my car, I'm going to go hide away now. But see, for me, what that means is there's still some healing mm. that you have to do to ask yourself mm. why you're doing that because that essentially can be a block for the next thing that you're asking for. So if you're not operating where she's operating from, mm. you know what's going to happen? It's not going to come together effortlessly. Mm. So if she's operating from up here and you're still judging something here that you're still trying to climb there, but it's going to be a roadblock. And so the thing that I would say is anything that your heart desires with the true intent, for example, when I put the houses on on my vision board, I said to the universe, I want these houses to be filled with love, like my parents enjoy and food. I want people to come and enjoy it. Um, if somebody wants to come and stay at my house, the beach is right there. My house overseas in Europe. If people want to come over, they can all come over. We can have a rose. That, like mine was about the intent of everybody enjoying it, not going, oh, look at me, look at my 10 houses I have over here. That wrong intent so for me it was always about whatever my heart desires if it's operating from true authenticity and intent you'll receive it but the other thing with that is sometimes people can create and manifest something and then people change when money comes in if you start changing and start judging other people that don't have what you have there'll be a a reaction without you realizing behind closed doors where the universe will start blocking other opportunities coming for that particular person. And this is something that so many people don't know. But like we can energetically impact what other people experience. No. Or for yourself. For yourself. For yourself. And the biggest thing, and it's actually funny because I had to bring this up because I was like, okay, so the real law of attraction, I've written this down. So I did a little meditation before I came here, right? Because I was like, what is it these ladies need to know on, on this podcast. So when you manifest, you don't chase it, you attract it, right? So if you're sitting here going, okay, my business is amazing and now look at me, I want the world to go, oh, shit, look, she's better than this person or that person, then you could get there for a minute but then you'll lose it later on and it could be through other avenues or other areas or missed opportunities. So when your brain is attached to the one consciousness or the one frequency and you are aware of that, That means that every thought that you're thinking, you're actually putting an energy out that the universe will bring that to you, however that looks, Mm. right? And then when you operate from a high frequency that's from joy, peace, happiness, Mm. and just calmness, that is when you manifest quicker and you have pure and utter faith. But when you operate from from a lower frequency, out of fear-based thoughts, oh, my God, I've got this, this is happening, look at this person competing with that person, competing with la, 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 then what happens is you rub a band. That means you'll never obtain the things you're asking for or it will be slower. Things will be slower. So, for example, right, I'm just going to kick into the energy of what you guys have achieved. So you might have achieved this stuff very quick, Ba, 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 ba. And then somebody within your collective group, it doesn't mean it's you, pair, it could be somebody else, then starts going, oh, this is amazing, what I've achieved. And then an ego steps in. Could be anybody. Somebody, their ego stepped in. And what's happening is you go, why the fuck is it that I'm not able to now manifest this other thing quicker than what it was in the beginning? 
because somebody's operating from a low frequency and you've got to find out who that person is and you've got to say to them, you've either got to change your mindset, you've either got to change the way you think because what you're actually doing now is a disservice to either the company or you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're actually stopping opportunities from coming quicker. And I've seen that in 20 years of doing, you know, psychic medium readings for very big business people that are worth $10 billion. But what they'll say is, I've realized that things have stopped for me because, and I said, why? Because you had an affair. Of course it's going to stop for you because you lied. You weren't authentic. And then you started thinking you're better than the next person. So now what you're actually doing is you're in a court case with somebody because you stopped operating from a place of truth and you started cheating. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just mean going off and shaking somebody else, cheating, lying to yourself, lying to the people around you. And so it's really interesting. Manifestation is real, man. Every energy you put out comes back. Mm. How do you think people can make that shift or even identify if they're operating from a place of fear Mm. or a lack of authenticity, low vibrations, however you want to define it, and move Mm. to a place and move to a place of operating from a higher frequency and your more authentic self? How do you... What can flip you literally do? How I do you do that? I can tell you what you yeah. do straight away. You have to flip the script. You have to stay in a state of gratitude and give thanks for what you have. Because when you give thanks for what you have in a state of gratitude, what then happens is the universe starts responding to all the beautiful things that you have, but you have to be so pure about what you're giving gratitude for. When you're in a state of grace, what happens then is you can't be in a state of um, low frequency. You can only be in a state of joy, peace and harmony and love because you're giving thanks to my children. You're giving thanks to my beautiful mother. And when people go, but I've got nothing to give thanks for, bullshit. There's always somebody worse off than you. Do you have a roof over your head? Can you get off that sofa and walk? Can you literally, um, you know, uh, go down the street and buy a bunch of flowers? So when, so that's the first thing, to flip the script in your mind is to give thanks and give gratitude. The second thing that you also have to do is know what your triggers are. So when you start to feel yourself get anxiety, I've also seen in this generation that um, anxiety is high because of social media, but it's high because everything's now, 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 go, 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 and people aren't grounded anymore. They're not out on the beach. You, we are human beings. We are energy. We have to be grounded and connected. And when we're not grounded and when we're not connected, anxiety kicks in. That means that you have to be aware of your triggers. A lot of the time I've seen in psychic medium readings too is trauma. Something that's happened to somebody when they're younger, and I'm not just talking about sexual abuse or physical abuse. It could be something traumatic that happened where their mother was very controlling but they don't want to say that because I love my mum. That's fine. That's well and good. But what's happened in turn is they've taken on some of those characteristics because that's the conditioning that they were shown. And with that, if their mother had anxiety because of her conditioning, it kind of generates within the child of the next person. So you have to be aware of the triggers. You have to be aware of the trauma. And a lot of the time I will say too is you have to learn the art of forgiveness. Whoever has hurt you in your life, You have to look at that person as a human being, no matter how bad it was, including when I found out, even though she's denied it, that my best friend was shagging my partner whilst I was with him behind my back. There was a long time I was like, fuck her. That was like my personality, like for many years. Um, This is before before I really delved into the psychic readings. But then I looked at her as a human being and went, okay, why did she do that? She did that because she obviously, obviously was triggered and envious about something that I had that wanted her to compete with me 
So why is that? And then I realized that that is her stuff. So then I started looking at writing down every person that ever hurt me or angered me and I just started forgiving. And even when it didn't happen straight away, oh, my God, I'd be like, here, I forgive you, I bless you, love and light, I forgive you. And then essentially it just happened and then this lift came off. But it's about taking the power away from that thing or that traumatic event that has stopped you from being able to push forward without fear. That's so beautiful. When you talk about manifesting, do you recommend to your clients that they have, I guess, literally they manifest, like they say it out loud every morning and they have mantras they say to each other? Or what are like those little tips you think people can do every day? When you're manifesting something, the first thing you do is you write down what you're asking for. The second thing that you um, have to do is, are you asking for this thing? And I've said this before, from a place of authenticity and truth, is it there to serve you? and the loved ones around you or is it just to self-serve you because if it's to self-serve you it's never going to work the third thing is when you're for me when I manifest I never tell anybody what I'm asking for I literally see myself in the action so for example I manifesting a private jet I see myself walking into the private jet and people go oh yeah I'm manifesting a private jet because with the work that I'm doing and I put all the people that work with me not for me with me to make sure because we're all on the same level that I can literally do the things that I do to be able to keep giving back to charity the way I do to be able to keep doing the things that I do and um and so when I'm manifesting I see myself I'm visualizing it I'm seeing it I'm seeing myself in the energy smelling myself walking up for example the stairs walking into the plane feeling how it feels feeling as if it's already happened now in this present moment that is the art of manifestation when you start whining is it ever going to happen then you start going back to a low frequency because you have doubt it's like posting a letter when you post a letter you don't ask how it gets there you just know it does Mm -hmm. Mm. i think something that is misunderstood about the practice of manifestation is that it stops at visualization like you can't just sit on your couch in a dark room all the time and visualize the private jet you have to then put things into, into action. action that was the next thing yes yeah so do you yes. want to talk about that a little bit yes so for example when i was manifesting ben I had put all these things that I wanted on my vision board and under my pillow, like a, a relationship that was unjudgmental, a relationship that um, where the man loved me for who I am, allowed me to be who I am without conditions, that was on par with me. Like, for example, with our children, oh, my God, Ben's like me times 10. He is like the, the mother and the he teaches me things. So I had all these things that I wanted, but what you have to also do is you can't just sit around your damn house and go, oh, my God, I'm just waiting for him to knock on the damn door. No, nah, man, you've got to get out. If you've got a girlfriend that says come out tonight, right, doesn't like literally come out tonight and you wouldn't usually do that, you've got to put things into action so you go out. That doesn't mean he's coming tonight, but what it tells the universe is you're being open and receptive and you're giving thanks for the thing that you're asking for and you're putting yourself in situations that you wouldn't normally do so the universe in turn can put yourself or – create synchronized events that works best for your highest good. Mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong and why they get frustrated with that. Because they don't whole, put goals into place. Put, yeah. And they don't. What I mean by goals into place, like if you, from, for example, like with the homes that I wanted and the things that I wanted, I was very much, you know what I used to do? I used to go, okay, what is it I need to do to make sure that my abundance keeps growing, the money keeps growing? So, you know, I started doing readings and I was being paid 25 bucks for an hour then it went to 40 bucks 
Then I went to 50 and I went, no, this. No, my, because people didn't know this. I used to give half my money to charity. So within six months, it went from 20 to 40 to 50. And then I stopped and went from 30 minutes. And then I went to 100. Then I went to 150. And then I went to 200, 300, 400, 500, 550. And then it keeps growing and growing. But what people didn't understand was that I believe I manifest so quick because I'm a very generous person. I don't just look at my bank. If there's two million sitting in the bank account, right? I'd say, all right, maybe there's um, a charity here that needs the 500 grand over here because the abundance is going to keep flowing in so massively. That's how I think. I don't just go, oh, but it's there for me to do all these things. I still like a luxury lifestyle, but I make sure that I give back what I receive. Mm-hmm. Mm, and that beautiful. is another thing that a lot of people do not do. You can have a lot of money for the interim, but most of the time over the course of doing psychic medium readings, some of the biggest players that I know, CEOs of companies that do have private jets and have mm. all that money in the bank that's very self-serving, they end up passing away without their money, mm-hmm. meaning that money's sitting in the bank account and it goes mm. off to their children, goes off to that person, goes off to that person, and they end up living or passing away without their family around them because mm. of the person they became. Mm-hmm. I think the concept of like the energetics of money is really interesting. So you talk about not everyone has $2 million in the bank. Some people might have 20 bucks in the bank. Yeah. Mm. How does someone who hasn't achieved a level of financial success that you have go about applying that mentality of abundance and that the give the giving to receive but not from the right type of selfishness how do like how do you yeah. put that into practice so just so everybody i'm going to make this very clear um i when i absolutely had no money in my bank account this is a true story and my inner circle from a transform you only know this story but i'm going to share it here so i had my last 50 dollars. i was working in the bank and i was still living at mum and dad's And I remember when I was reading these books, how do I keep operating from a high frequency so I trust and have blind faith, even with no money in my bank account, that I am literally going to have money that comes in. And I heard this voice in my head, my own voice that is, that said, you need to give your last $50 to the person down the street. I didn't know what that meant. So I go down to the shop with my mum, Warner's Bay. There's a man sitting there in a wheelchair, as I'm walking up, and oh, fuck, this is the 50 bucks. I've got to give this dude. Like, I've only got 50 bucks. I'm like, nah, man, I want to go out to the nightclub. I don't want to, like, dance. Like, that's 50 bucks for a drink or a vodka cruiser. Like, that would be my head. I'm not joking. tequila <laughs> So literally, this is not a joke. My mum was there. I walked past him, walked back, went like this. And he went to take the money. I took it back. To walk past, I walked back over to my mum. I said, mum, I can't give him my 50 bucks. I'm going out. Then I thought, no, I'm hearing my head to give the money. I walk back. I go to give the man the money again. And I went, no, I can't give I did it like three or four times. I And he's and then he's just looking at me and I walk back and then I walked back over and he goes, are you going to give me that money or not? And in that moment, I just released and said, this is for you. And it was like this lift come off me because it was like I didn't trust in what I was hearing or listening to my intuition. I thought that if I gave that $50 away, there's no way I'm going to have any other money. But of course there is. I could have, I've got a roof over my head. Yeah. I can go out next week. And if I want to lend 20 bucks for my mum, I can do that too. But I was th- all I was thinking about is that $50. That's all I have. Mm. I don't have any other money in my yeah. bank account. And so when I felt that feeling that there is enough abundance in the world mm. for every single human being, it was like that's when everything snowballed for me. 
financially and abundantly. So it put me in a state of abundance in knowing that everybody has the opportunity to Mm. tap into that bank, the universal bank of anything you're asking for. If you have utter faith, truth, standing from a space of high frequency instead of low frequency and authenticity. Amazing. You've obviously done so much work and have so much confidence, but do you ever still have self-doubt? And when that creeps in, what do you do? Uh, when I say self-doubt, I, I'm a very impatient person. I wanted everything yesterday. You know, I, I am, girl. Like, so it's not so much doubt. It's it's more about, oi, universe, like, man, I, I don't want to wait eight months. This has to happen, like, now. And then I realise that I need to then start operating from the present moment because instead of tapping into the conditioning of what's happening here, I have to step into the conditioning that I've released it to the universe what I'm asking for go about my business, take action and get going. So when I started Transform You, ironically, I was sitting, this is like how I manifested housewives. So before I manifested how I'm on a reality show, guys, called The Real Housewives of Melbourne and I was just on The Amazing Race and, God, that was good, that show. Like it was the best. <gasps> was it ex- fun? It was the best experience of my life and I reckon you pair would love that. You know oh why? God. No phones. Yeah. I couldn't look at anything but be present in the moment. Do you didn't know where that I was breed? going. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Two years when the kids are old. It'll be really do fun. It. <laughs> and I was looking at the beach and I said to my husband, I'm going to be on the Housewives. I saw Lisa Renna on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. He laughed at me and said, That's not happening. Or something like that. He goes, You know how hard that is? Unbeknown to me, um, a friend, Project Runway, um, um, Henry, Put me forward without even realizing. I didn't, I didn't even know they were looking for cast members for the. For the, the nobody knew they were doing a Real Housewives at all. The next day, I get a phone call, and this phone call was, "Hi, I'm Lisa. I've heard about you. I've heard about you being a, a, a psychic medium. I've heard about this wait list. I've heard about the celebrities you've done these readings for." I said, "I was waiting for this phone call," and Ben's like, "Going, oh my, what the." Yeah, man. Okay. So I go down three days later and I already knew I was on, but she, uh, I knew I was being tested. And so what had happened was my angel said to me, all right, we're going to, we're going to give her, this is, you need to be on this show because we need you. I believe I was manifesting myself to have a profile so I can help people and put this energy and what I do and make it real and know that people, that it's okay if you have intuition and you speak to spirit, there is nothing that, that we all have it. It's just that we're scared of it. So we go to the pub with the other casting um, director, which her name was Kazi, and all of a sudden she's like, all right, so what What? what can you tell me? And I thought, oh, here we go. I don't do cold readings. but And I left it for a minute and then I said, all right, I, and I named her ex. I said, he's here. But he's alive. I said, I've got his energies here. I said, you've just gone through divorce. I said, um, it's going to be okay. And I said, your grandfather's here. She goes, oh, yeah, what's his name? I said, his name's Yosef. She goes, no, it's, no, it's not. It's David. I said, his name is Yosef and he's standing right next to you. Now, this is the big boss of the Real Housewives of Melbourne. She goes, no, that's not his. And I'm arguing with her. Don't know this chick from a 10-foot His name is Yosef. Unbeknown to me, she goes into the toilet rings her mother up, who's the doctor, retired doctor. She goes, oh, you know, talks about this, this, this. She goes, so what was her grandfather's name? And she goes, of course it's David. She goes, are you sure? Because I've got this girl here. And then she stops. Her mum d- didn't tell the name or anything. Mum stops and says, well, actually, his real name's Yosef. He was a Holocaust survivor and he changed his name. Oh, I got tingles. And she just came out, burst out crying, going, oh. how the fuck did you know that? I said, because I'm a psychic medium and I see the other side. Do you have to control what you let in 
No. Because like, can it just overwhelm you? Like, should we be crossing? Like, all this stuff's just happening yeah. in your brain? <laughs> no, what happens is I, I'm very good at um, putting myself under divine protection. So, for example, mm. right, with the messages, I'll just stop that. I'll just say, no, they're, they're very, yeah, okay. when I say they, I'm talking about my intuition and I say, because I don't believe there's a separation, I believe my, when I say they, me, my connection and energy connected to the other side are very respectful in the sense that if I heard things every day, I'd be yeah, yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you would. I'd be walking around talking to spirit people. Think, oh, she got schizophrenia or something. Like, oh, God, I couldn't do that, girl. Like, so you know. But really, that's what would happen. I oh, would course. not. I'd, I'd probably turn it. I'd have a breakdown. One hundred percent. So, um, no. But what happens is what sometimes can be the worst not overwhelming that I have to be very aware of is I feel physical energy very clearly mm-hmm. so yours as soon as I walked in yeah. I try to shut it off shut it off because you didn't give me permission to tap into your energies mm-hmm. so I'm like but I'm already hearing all the things about your past present and your future but I'll never divulge that because you haven't given me permission but that's the thing that I have to stop yeah. so it's the physicality of what I'm feeling yeah. Do you ever have strangers come up to you on the street and ask you for readings? Yes. Oh, and how do you handle that? I say book in for a reading. <laughs> you know, you know, you know why I say book in to, for a reading because a I know my self worth. That's the other thing I teach people and transform you is my, is my self worth and um and that's my time and and really that my time for me is very sacred. I need my time for balance and um. This is something I want to share because I think that you two will find this better. Like when I was talking to you about how Transform You came about, I was sitting on the chair looking out at the beach and Ben was in Sydney and I just closed my eyes and I said, right, what is it that I need to do? I need to do something more. I said, it's time to move on from the one-on-one psychic medium readings. I know there's more God, universe. I just saw Archangel Michael Flash as I said that. He's here. Um, And I said, what is it I need to do? And all of a sudden, I heard very clearly in my mind, you need to teach people what you've taught yourself and you need to do it now. So anyway, I ring Ben. He's in Sydney doing something for um, for his book and he was in the studio. He's driving back and I just, when I start talking fast, it's because of spirit, water and energy. So it's not, so when I delve, when my voice starts going, bah, 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 it's because I'm picking up people's energies. So I said to Ben, this is what I need to do and it needs to happen now. He goes, you're asking me that you want to set up a website, you want to do these courses, you need to do it. And I said, yeah, it needs to happen now. I said, yes, and it's going to happen effortlessly and synchronized events are going to make it happen very quickly. He goes, Jackie, that's like a two-year thing. I said, no, mate. It's <laughs> it's like two months. That's what I said to him, right? No. And you did do it. But what happened was I got I talked to a girl that I knew that, um, that has a, ca- a charity for domestic violence, rang her up, just I heard in my head, ring her up. So do you know somebody that's in that space with coaching and mentoring? Because this is kind of what I'm looking at doing without giving her the full details because I already knew I don't tell everybody the full mm. details because I'm it's manifestation, it's God, it's the angels. So anyway, I give her a little bit of information. She says, yes, I know this one. Name is Marissa. And then all of a sudden I go and I take a meeting with Marissa and she's in that kind of space. And then out of nowhere, um, Ben's tour manager for Silverchair says, I know this chick. So this is like all within a space of two days. And it went bang, 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 bang. And everything was set up within two months. Now, mm. I have people say, Jackie, this shit I've tried to set up, it's taken me four years or three years. Oh, well, that's on you, man. Like, I've got things to do. I've heard from the spirit world. Like, you know, like, that's what I need to teach people. And, um, and I just knew that that was the next step for me. Mm. But you know why it happened so quickly? And this is another thing I want people to understand. It's because I was stepping into service. That's my life purpose. Mm-hmm. 
that's when the universe responds even quicker when you step into your purpose. Mm. How do you think people who feel really lost can go about defining or finding their purpose? Well, the first thing they need to do is they need to exercise. That's the first thing. So when somebody is feeling low about themselves or feeling like they can't get out of bed, the first thing I've been told in meditation is you need to exercise and start grounding yourself because when you're exercising, you can't be thinking about your depressive state. You cannot be thinking about all your problems. Mm. So you've got to start exercising to start clearing your mind. So exercise is the first tool I would suggest for anybody. And the second thing is you get a journal and you start journaling the things that make you happy. Mm. It may even be that you like cooking cakes, man. You write that down. And then... I would suggest that what brings joy to your heart, if it's, for example, if it's cooking, why don't you look at turning that into a side business as you're working? So this is a lot of things that are questions I get asked. Is like, I really want to leave this job, but I'm scared to make change, right? I'll say, well, stay in your job, mm. but start a side business slowly as you're still in your job and you've got your coins coming in. And if you're operating from passion, truth, and purpose, you will create that business and mm-hmm. you will be successful. I couldn't agree more. Sure. It's that's our story. Yeah. We before we started Frank Body, yeah. we started our creative agency, Willow and Blake, but we started it as a side project yeah. while we were in our jobs. And it came from a place of passion and authenticity because it was connected to the thing that we loved doing. I think that's what when people are what am I trying to say? Uh, we talk about this a lot. We see people, there's nothing wrong with wanting material things and wanting financial success. I think all of us want to feel comfortable and have there's a really wrong with that fantastic, beautiful life. But if it's the only thing you're chasing or you're chasing empty mm. financial success and just money for no reason, it might work for a little while and yeah. then it will just collapse mm. underneath you. Mm. I think the way you described why you had the houses on your vision board before having known you for such a long time is so authentic mm. to who you are because you are a host, you got a true Croatian heart and soul, you want to feed people, bring them together, look after them, whereas other people like, I want a big shiny thing and they stick it on their board and then they don't understand why it's not coming, coming to fruition. Um, when you talked about your vision boards before, you said you don't share them with anyone. Does that include Ben, your husband? Yeah, I don't. Yeah? No, I don't. Do you have a separate practice that you do together as a family or do you really focus on things, knowing your family values and then you take that into your personal manifestation practice. I just practice. take it into my personal manifestation practice yeah. because the thing about a relationship is you have to allow that person to be who they are mm-hmm. and sometimes that person's not going to be where you are from the frequency your yeah. standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, again, is that Ben is very psychic. He just doesn't talk about it. So before Silver Chair took off, Ben and Daniel had three consecutive dreams on three separate nights that they were playing to hundreds of thousands of people but they dreamt it the same nights. Yeah. So Ben has had many visions that actually eventuate, right? So I believe I attracted Ben because he truly is my soulmate and he's truly a gifted, not just musician, but just like he can put his hand to anything. He's just just got this gift to be able to do things. But, But when I'm manifesting, I don't tell Ben. No. I don't tell anybody. But I, but I, sorry, but I call him out if he's not, if he's, if he's saying something because your thoughts create your experiences. Yeah. So if he goes, oh, I don't know. For example, he hasn't said that. But if he goes, oh, that's too expensive. I'm, I'm going to say this. You don't say that because what you're telling the universe is mm. you're operating for a poor consciousness state of mind. No, I can afford that. <laughs> Thank you very much, and I give thanks for my beautiful gift. So yes, I stop that conditioning because I don't want to be operating at all ever from a um, low frequency. Mm-hmm. I think we both found 
going through the journey of motherhood, very transformative and a time of deep self-reflection and discovery. I kind of feel like it's one of those times in your life where everything gets stripped apart and as cliche as it sounds, you do almost get this chance to rebuild yourself as kind of a new person. Have you found that with your clients or did you have that own personal experience where motherhood was a time for self-discovery? Oh, God. Motherhood is good <laughs> and it can be challenging, but in a, in a very positive way. There's not enough people that actually call it as it is. All those people out there, they go, it is so easy and simple being a mother. Fuck <laughs> off. It is not. It is the hardest thing you'll ever do. It is challenging. You get frustrated and any woman out there that pretends that everything is perfect is bullshitting you. So, no. And plus, I'm a psychic, so somebody can't say that to me. <laughs> but, yes, I have to say having children, I was so excited about having children. And obviously my story is I did over seven rounds of IVF mm-hmm. and I shared that journey on The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Oh. Season two of The Real Housewives of Melbourne and season four, I had said I'm going to have twins. And uh, and I had a dream I was going to have twins. My grandmother came to me and said, you're going to have twins. And she had twins, but she lost them um, at a year old. But that was in the village in Croatia mm. and she had them at 48 years of age. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So she gave birth to them. She had them. Oh, yeah. She lost yeah. Them. But she don't think, like, look at what they were eating. They were yeah. eating organic foods. Mm. They were out in the fresh air. There was none of the toxic foods. blue zone diets. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, so we eventually got there and I got my twins. But I believe the hardest thing for me personally was that all of a sudden I have a career and the neck minute, next, but I'm taking the fizzy neck minute, um, is that I am trying to breastfeed two children mm-hmm. on these nipples, which, by the way, I do not like breastfeeding. God bless everybody else that likes it. I don't like it. I find it not for me. <laughs> it's not happening. It was sore. It was painful. Mm. And interestingly enough, I had this um, lactation consultant come over and, you know, pay for this private chick to come over. She comes over and she looks at me and I look at her. She goes, you gave me a reading when I lost my child oh. and you encouraged me to write a book and it became a bestseller. Wow. And I looked at her and looked at her again and she was there helping me. See how, oh, see how the universe works. Right? Yeah, and she looked at me and she said to me, you need to stop breastfeeding right now. I I become depressed. Mm. I was crying. I thought, what is this shit? I'm not a cry. Like, mm-hmm. I was crying. Mm. I had, like, gone to a, like, less than a size eight. Wow. And that was because I was breastfeeding. I wasn't eating. I was like, mm. oh, dad, like, I was like this robot man. Yeah. Like, And for me, I found it very emotionally challenging. And, um, and I think that I definitely have postnatal some kind of postnatal depression, obviously. But she said, you need to stop breastfeeding now. But, you know, I kept breastfeeding because I felt this sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Ben wanted me to keep breastfeeding, even really? though he didn't say it. But it was this sense of guilt that, you know. It's the you, picture of what yes, we have. Yes, yeah. and that it's going to be good for their yeah. immune system and all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And when I gave up breastfeeding and I started letting the milk out the way you do and, you know, breast pumping and all of that. So, you, you know, and I got mastitis a couple of times and I got it. It's brutal. Look, to be fair, as soon as I gave up breastfeeding, I um, my whole mentality changed. I stopped crying. Yeah. It was the hormones. 
and everything just yeah. completely changed. But it hasn't been an easy road when they were younger. I didn't want any help, but that was stupid because, I mean, my mum was there. She helped me, mm-hmm. but I, we could have brought in a nanny to yeah. help, like a night nanny. And it's really return on spend because I couldn't work, Ben couldn't yeah. work. Yeah. And so when they were four months old, I, I said, okay, we need some kind of help because I, uh, the housewives, all this stuff was coming back yeah. up. And I still wanted to always be present. I feel guilty to have yep. other people come mm-hmm. in and help. But as soon as I got her in, the first thing she said to me was, you know what I'm going to do? I said, what? She goes, we're going to make your children sleep from 6 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. every night. Oh, I said, are we? <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the next day she started it. Um the crying out method for 10 minutes and some people don't agree with that but listen you don't have, like it i don't do judge any you. you got i had to do what mm. i needed to do and i'm telling you it took three goes and those boys from four months have been sleeping from 6 p.m till 6 30 a.m every night mm-hmm. and Heaven. everyone is happier for yeah. it including yeah. the boys yeah i think it gives stories like that give you permission to define whatever experience it is for yourself mm. i think it's, motherhood is particularly interesting because there's this I think a lot of women feel there's this predefined version of it that we're supposed to experience for ourselves or display to the world. And whether you're a parent or not, or you want to be a mother or not, whatever your version of it is that you're experiencing, you don't have to do it the way that everyone has done it. Just because Brie did something one way doesn't mean I need to or you, Jack. So you have to find your own way Mm. to cultivate your own experience. I think that's what this whole episode of self-discovery comes back to, like, Every single time, just find your most authentic version of it, even if it feels a bit hard to get there. 100%. I think it's important for women to ask for help. What I have found, even with what with this work that I do, is that a lot of women find it hard to ask for help. And mm-hmm. we have to stop do. that. You have to, you have to ask for help. But, but, you can't, but that's the thing, right? When you have help, what then happens is your relationship with your partner is better. You have more time for you. Your child, like me doing The Amazing Race, it was the best thing Ben and I could have done because what happened then, like my children didn't cry for us. They didn't, like they might have missed the energy, but they were okay. They were with my family, living their best lives, my mum and dad and my brother and some help. But the point is it was like everybody was okay. Mm. Why do you think women in particular have such a hard time asking for help? Emotional conditioning. Yeah. That's the way we've been conditioned, unfortunately. And um, and I say unfortunately because men, I mean, it's getting better. Like I've got, you know, it, it, obviously in this generation it's getting better, but in your dad's generation, in your dad's mm. generation, could you imagine if your dad stayed home? Mm-hmm. You didn't hear of that. So Imagine if your dad stayed home and he's rocking into daycare and going to play group. He'd be like, oh, this is I this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, thank God, that is becoming yeah. more normal. Yes. Yeah. It's our conditioning, unfortunately, it is. And even for me that is so self-aware of myself, I even saw myself retreat to that thing of I have to be the person. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that – it was weird. weird. It was the conditioning. It? And then I had to snap out of that and then Ben – I did personally for me. And I think the other thing with having children older, what I found – and I didn't even know if I wanted kids – discovery of what I found within myself is that having children older was a bit more challenging. And I'll tell you why. Because when you get to, say, 41, 42 – you become more accustomed to a certain lifestyle that you have, right? Mm. But at 20, I was working three jobs, man. Like, you know? Oh, yeah. Then all of a sudden I've realised 
I can't just get up and mm-hmm. go here. I can't just, <laughs> like, I didn't even go, I've never taken, I never took the boys to the shop, so I thought, no, nah, man, I'm not rolling down. And one starts screeching and screaming and trying to pluck <laughs> one back in and pluck the other. No, I'm not doing that. It's not happening. So I found that a little bit challenging having for me personally, having the children older em- emotionally. But as soon as I asked for help, everything changed. So you mm. found you were more, I found, you were more set in your ways. Mm. And so... Like my daughter was the biggest lesson in patience I have ever had. And it it made me acknowledge, Bree knows this, I said this to you the other day, you you both know this, it made me acknowledge the parts of myself that Mm. I didn't like. Yes! And Mm. I was like, oh, not even necessarily because I was seeing them in her, but because She was triggering. She was triggering all these feelings. Self-reflections. Fuck, okay, I've got some work to do. (laughs) How is this potato on the floor (laughs) making me feel all of these things? This is so intense. And now I'm sitting here seven months pregnant getting really anxious for doing it all again because I know I'm going to go through that whole self-discovery phase fucking no it's going to be different no I'm going to stop you I've got a psychic vibe you this have said boy this to me. he's going to be so boy. calm and cool and collected he's going to be like a little chippy chipolata yeah. you're going to be like over here going maybe this is the universe that gave me my like minded or like in that yeah, that imagery of you so you can see that she's exactly like you yeah. but not in a bad yeah. way it's not a negative way she is but I feel like the boy's going to be like this little Oh, look at my little one. He's so quiet and calm. Do you think it's easier the second time because you trust yourself a bit more? Or I found the second one easier because you're like, I kind of know what I'm doing. This one's still alive. He's pretty good. (laughs) Do you know what Ben actually said on one podcast? I think he said it to, I think it was Triple J or somebody. He's actually said, essentially, us as parents, we just got to keep them alive. Really? (laughs) Like, seriously, we just got to keep them alive. That's really it. (laughs) Like, for the first few years. Oh, my God. (laughs) I promise that I'll keep you alive. <laughs> you know I still haven't travelled on the plane with my two boys because I am wigging out by it. Yes, I remember. Like, and you've told me when you've gone to take trips and uh, just turn the car yeah, around I'll and turn come the car back around. home. Really? Yeah. It's getting better now that they're two in the car. But it's like I could not imagine being on a plane and my thing is sitting there and somebody's trying to enjoy their little, you know, self on the plane with a glass of wine and I yeah. have two babies. Rah! You know, like mm. like that's like I think about other, other people. Hundred yep. percent. We you took know? our boys. Hugo was one, and Ned was two and a half, and we took them to LA and then to Europe and did two months of traveling. How'd that go? The first flight over there, I was so anxious. Same thing. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my god, everyone's gonna hate us. How's yeah, it gonna yeah, go? Yeah. I took the two and a half year old. He just yeah. sat next to me. He watched shows the whole time. It was fine. My husband dealt with the one year old. That's legendary. <laughs> While you're sitting there having a glass of wine, you do. Because the two and a half girl gets his own chair. The one year old yes, doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But by the end of it, I think we did like something like 10 flights. By the end of it, I didn't care. Like so you're a pro. By yeah. the end of it, by the on the way back, the boys, we, we had a stopover in Dubai for two nights yeah. and then the trip from Dubai to Melbourne was an overnight flight and it was a shit show. Like <sighs> I remember being in the in the toilet just with Hugo, my one-year-old, yeah. and he was screaming. So I took myself to the toilet, shut the door and just like rocked, rocked him in him. there. But... No one cared. Like, sure, there were some people who cared, but the people who were close yeah, to we'll us were so supportive <laughs> yeah. and so nice. And I yeah. think by then, I'd just gotten over it. And yeah, I was like, so. it is what it is. I've got two kids. No, but you're They're right. They're going to cry. You're right. You're right. On the way over there, I was a completely different person. On the way back, much more chill. I, You know <laughs> what I think? Even with you saying that, you just taught me something then and there. I actually think it's probably more about me. How would oh, yeah. I cope? More than, like, even though the I was thinking about the other people. They don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah, but I think, like... 
Oh, what a, mm. Like, is it going to frustrate me? Because yeah. there's days yeah. when, I don't, like, every parent gets frustrated. Like, you know, like, they still can't communicate and you're still trying to do the best that you can, right? Mm. But when you're in a situation where you're loaded up into a plane and, like you said, you've just got to give in to it. Really, that's it. You do. You and, know? like, it's, oh, my God, it is. Like, it's a pressure cooker. So, like, yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jackie, Barry, we've recorded probably three episodes worth of content today Ooh, and um, yeah. I might ask you one final question. Ask me anything. What does it mean to you to be selfish? I think it comes down to, I don't know if it's the right word, being selfish, putting yourself first. Mm-hmm. You have to because if you don't put yourself first and look after you, you cannot be the best mother, the best version of yourself, mm-hmm. the best lover, the best friend. If you don't look after you first, then you cannot have balance. I love that. And that's the whole philosophy of this series. We're meeting so many incredible people, predominantly women, and that's the, that's the message that Brie and I are taking away from it. And we struggle with that concept of putting ourselves first. We always have. So selfishly, a big part of this was us going on our own self-discovery journey and talking to people that we really respect and that we know we can learn from to redefine the concept of selfishness and take it forward as a positive thing. So thank you very much for all of your wisdom and your time and your energy today. And can I just say something? You girls are doing like something that's very inspirational. Like forget Frank Bod for a minute. I'm talking about this. This is something I'm going to like cry but happiness and joy for you, you guys. You're going to have somebody that will listen to this and you will make such an impact. You won't even know it. Somebody will listen to one of your podcasts and go, I can actually change my life if somebody hears me. Mm. And that's what life really is about. Mm. I hope so. I know so. (laughs) I know so. And what I mean by that, when I say forget Frank Bot, I'm saying that's parked there. That's doing its thing. I'm talking about this here is really going to help a lot of mothers and you two being so raw and honest about your experiences. Then in turn, and what you've created, then in turn is like, well, if she went through that and Mm. she could do that, then I can do that. Mm. I really hope so. I I know so. Well, if that was you listening, please let us know. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks, Jackie.